Good morning and welcome fellow sovereigns. And I'd just like to suggest that sometimes the problem with our problems is that they're not big enough. And so I'll tell you a short story or true story about that. And so I used to run personal development courses called Free to Be Me. And it's about helping people find their passion. And so I was running around them in lots of different places, and mainly in New Zealand, but South Africa and England and uh, Queensland. So I was running this particular course in at Mount Monganui. And one of the um, participants, I'll call her Mary, was a fairly recently divorced now solo mother with a three-year-old boy and her problem as she perceived it in that moment was that her husband was being excuse me but he was being a right bastard um he was you know he they would arrange that he would pick their son up after school on a friday and have him for the weekend while he would forget to turn up and she would find her son waiting at school and she'd have to go and pick him up. And other times he would pick him up and then forget to drop him off on the Monday morning or the Sunday evening. And he would say horrible things about the boy's mother to the boy, about Mary. <laughs> and in all sorts of other ways, he was just being basically abusive and he wasn't keeping to their uh, agreement about custody. And so that was her problem. And initially her problem was, how does she change the behavior of her husband? So that, of course, ensued a talk about changing other people. And it's kind of impossible. Let's not bother. So what did she do? So her problem was, how does she get her husband to, to uh, obey the rules? The the custody rules and there was just this moment in my little brain I said I think your problem's not big enough and it's like <laughs> she was already sort of on the edge of tears for quite some time and really stressed and really just at the end of her tether about this whole thing and it was more about her son because he was just being torn between the two of them and it was it was really dysfunctional for her poor little three-year-old boy and she wanted to make it safe and, and reliable and dependable and all that for him. So I said to her, rather than having the problem of making it more safe, reliable, secure for your son, how about making it more safe, secure and reliable for all children in all custody cases in all of New Zealand? <laughs> so what a stupid idea of course she said and so did everybody else i said let's just let's just brainstorm this so we started just doing the brainstorm which is just throwing ideas basically on the whiteboard no idea was wrong it was all just an idea <clears throat> so there was all sorts of ideas about what she could do and some were really quite uh bizarre unworkable and silly and stupid but we actually started having fun 
and somehow through the fun, through the just the humor of it, something cracked inside her, what do you call it, her psyche. Because she realized she'd forgotten before she had got married, about six years before, I think it was, before she'd got married, she had wanted to be a lawyer. And so she'd started, she'd started doing something towards it. And I forget what. She might have started the first year, I forget. And then she got married and that was the end of that for whatever reason. And so she thought, bloody hell, why did I drop that dream of being a lawyer? She wanted to be a lawyer. And so she got so fired up, she thought, I'm going to be a lawyer specializing in matrimonial, uh, not matrimonial, sorry, custody um, issues. And I'm going to be instrumental in changing the law and whatever. And so she got quite fired up. And she, <laughs> so over, so the course was, I think at the time it was seven weeks, once a week for two hours. So over the next two weeks, uh, she took on the, um, the job, if you like, of how to, how to be a lawyer and finding out how to do that. And so she was at the Mount Maunganui. The nearest place was Waikato University, which is about an hour and a half away. So she went over there and talked to lots of people. And she went to the court here at, in Tauranga. And I think it was this two weeks after that, she came back quite... Um, not depressed, but down because she realized two things. One, the cost was just more than she could afford as a solo mum. And secondly, the time that would require her to, to do the course, do a, become a lawyer, do a degree, was just too much. She, she couldn't spend that much time apart from her son. She, need, she wanted to be a good mother as well. And that didn't work. And so she came on the second time third sorry on the third session um just feeling a bit down so i suggested to her just hold hold the dream let's not drop it and everybody else in the group we volunteered to hold her dream for her she didn't have to let it go she would just let it settle into its own rather than her now She'd done the research. She'd got off her bum. And that was just brilliant. She'd taken steps towards it. She'd got the facts. She'd got data. And she'd met people. And she'd got involved in the process of being a lawyer, in the loyal legal process. So we said, you've done your bit. Let, let's say let God do his bit, her bit, their bit, <laughs> the universe, spirit. All of that so he said let's just hold that in our open palms because we can hold we can hold more sand in our open palms than we can in closed palms so let's just hold we'll all hold your dream of change of being an instrument in the custody uh, industry is not the right word and so the fourth uh, session of the course she came in bouncing like a like a mexican jumping bean <laughs> because what had happened was during her research she'd actually gone to the courthouse in tauranga which was only 20 minutes from her home 
And the court uh, manager, I'm not sure what they're called, who is in charge of the court, sheriff, something, I don't know, phoned her in the, if you like, just before the third, fourth session of the course, phoned her and was so impressed with her enthusiasm and the fact that she had already done a little bit of legal training and asked, to, and as it happened, a job had come up in the mediation um, part of the court at Tauranga. And he asked if she'd like the job. <laughs> it was a part-time job, and she had to do a little bit of training about being a mediator in uh, matrimonial situations. And so she started out with a small problem of me, 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 and my husband. And then we just blew it up into, let's make it a national problem. And out of that, that didn't happen. But what happened was she got a job, <laughs> a part-time job that fitted perfectly with his, uh, with her son's um, schooling or uh, kindergarten, I guess it would have been. And she was involved in the whole custody thing and with matrimonial stuff. And so she was like a junior person, I suppose, in that court. And then within about, then I heard from her about three months later, she was just overjoyed. She had been promoted and she was now in charge of the mediation and she was having quite a large influence on the custody um, procedures and laws in um, Tauranga, in the Bay of Plenty. So her dream came true in the end. <laughs> the other funny thing that happened was when she started focusing, when she took her focus away from her little problem, let's say, I mean, it was a big problem. It's a, it's a horrible thing to go through. But comparatively, when she took her mind from the small problem of her and her husband and that horrible stuff that was going on and started looking at being doing something bigger, making a bigger problem to solve. And then she got this job at the courthouse in Tauranga. Somehow, weirdly, her husband started being much more amenable. He started being much more nice. <laughs> and it often happens because when we take our focus off the problem, now I'll say that again, when we're focusing on the problem, the problem keeps getting worse because we're thinking problem, problem, problem. So we're, we're manif manifesting it in a more stronger way. When you take our focus off what we perceive as the problem and create something bigger, the little problem kind of, I don't know what it is. It's something, it kind of, not fixes itself, but it, it kind of can. So that's a true story. And it happened probably 12, 15 years ago, I think. I haven't caught up with Mary. It'd be nice to see where she's at now. But it's just a suggestion that whatever problems you've got in this moment, is there some way of making it a bigger one to solve? If it's a personal problem, and I've got lots of other stories about that sort of thing, about an unemployed guy who wanted to get a job and he ended up, this guy Rick, in, also at the Mount, and so we made his problem a bigger one to help all unemployed people. And he ended up, I helped him at the time, um, set up a trust for unemployed people and he ran this unemployed trust. 
to help train panel beaters, car painters, and I think it was carpenters. Um, so he not only found himself a job, but he found a job for others looking for jobs. And so he, again, he made his smaller problem a bigger problem, and, that, and it gave him a bigger life. And the same with Mary, her life got bigger. She was now involved with a whole lot of other people and processes and organisations that she just would not have as a solo mum. And so making our problems bigger, just an idea for the day. <laughs> so I wish you problems and I wish you bigger problems and bigger solutions. So I bless you and all who sail in her.